This segment of Blair and Barker is brought to you by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet at things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports. 19 plus. Play responsibly. Ontario only. 4.07 is the time of first pitch today. You're surprised I got that right. 4.07 is time. time all year. No, it's not. Second time. Time of first pitch today on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And Sportsnet, a reminder that uh, Blue Jay Central coverage will begin at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet. Uh, Sportsnet 590, the fans' coverage live from the Rogers Center. will begin with Jay's Talk Plus with Blake Murphy from 12 to 2 Eastern, followed by the fan drive time from 2 to 4, right up to the first pitch. And, uh, of course, Blue Jay's Talk after the game with Kevin and myself. 90 minutes to break down. Play it. The game. I'm not saying anything. You were hoping that I would say 90 minutes to break down the Jays 6-2 win or something like that. Well, you did say they were going to win in two games, so it's obvious. Say yeah, it. but I said, with I, it. I, I said I'm only doing that because I know that nobody, that everybody's afraid to say that any that, that a team is going gonna, is gonna to sweep. I just have a difficult, difficult time calling it having a sweep in a three-game series. It just sounds odd. Sweep to me is four games. Well, you're overthinking it. I know I'm overthinking. I quite often do that. Mike Cameron is a former Mariners outfielder. He was an all-star in 2001. He was a three-time gold glove winner. Uh, He also works now in the Mariners player development department. And uh, that 2001 team was the last Mariners team to make the postseason. We're very pleased that Mike Cameron's taken some time out to talk to us. Mike, thanks so much to, for talking to Kevin and myself. We trust that you're doing well. Congratulations on uh, the Mariners making the postseason. I wanted to ask you, I remember that 2001 team. I remember covering that team in the postseason. Um, as someone who was on that team, what did it mean to you now being with the organization to see this particular group end that drought? Um, I think it's pretty special, man, um, for these you know guys to get the opportunity uh, to be able to um, play this time of the year. Um, you know, obviously, making the playoffs is difficult as and it is as itself. But in this case, you know, with this team, it's been even more crazy. So the opportunity, you know, these guys are getting right now for the city of Seattle um, is pretty special. You know, you've got people that have grown up all the way up they can drink and go to college and everything since these guys were, since we were last in the playoffs so um yeah so it's just a, it's a great opportunity man um, there's a lot of excitement going on um obviously uh the team you know the blue jays are very talented also young and talented they got a very talented starter on the mound today um so do so do we so it's going to be kind of one of those um big challenges and you know kind of see who can break through against each other uh, it's gonna be a tough. I think it's gonna be a really good series. One because of the pitching, and you, know, you got good pitching at this time of the year, and um, it's gonna be uh, a real tough challenge to kind of break through against each other. But you know that's what it's made. That's what it's for. That's what it's supposed to be for. See who's the best. And uh, today in that dome right across the street right now in the Rogers Center, it's gonna be bananas at four o'clock. Maybe <laughs> even before four o'clock. Mike is experienced. So looking out the window. Looking out the window right now. I'm looking straight at. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go. 
No, I was just saying, I'm looking out the window right now, right at the CN Tower, and, and obviously the Rogers Center is directly across from it, but, like, it looks very beautiful outside right now, very calm outside right now before the storm, and I know it's a little chilly outside also, so, you know, it's kind of cool to be uh, a chance to experience this live. I was just going to ask you if experience this time of the year is overrated. No, not at all. I mean, experience is everything. You know, we, we know that just in life general, you know. So to be able to witness this in itself is, uh, you know, kind of kind of, kind of good. But most of these guys only got like one or two guys that experience postseason play. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be some nerves as, 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 as such. And, um, and, you know, looking forward to, these, you know, everyone getting a chance to experience it. Uh, this first game, so there's going to be a little bit of nerves. You know, you hope the guys are able to, you know, kind of keep everything in check and just, you know, play the game. And, you know, we got some guys here that got some experience playing the postseason, but talking about it and playing it is two different things. Uh, I just know, you know, the playoffs are very intense, and you just got to find your happy place in all of the intensity. That's what I always think about it as. Mike, I look back at the 2000 Mariners team, 2001 Mariners team. I, I still, as I said, I covered those series. I still don't know. I, I look at that team and I go, I don't know how that team didn't win a World Series. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost the ALCS 4-2. You lost the ALCS in five games. Do you ever look back and ask yourself how that team, how that team didn't win a World Series? It's one of the best teams I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just think that we, we – uh... You know, anything can happen in postseason play and running into the gauntlet of, uh, you know, Roger Clemens twice, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a very experienced, very experienced down the stretch um, uh, New York Yankee team. No one really understood. I always said that our, the, probably the biggest challenge was us that was that three-game series against Cleveland, who was very good. Yes. People don't remember and then we had to run into New York and, and kind of go against them. So it was tough, you know, coming out of that first series and then going into New York and under the, under the constraints of, you know, everything that took place with 9-11, you know, just the emotional toll that it took, uh, you know, on a lot of people. And uh, we just didn't really – we didn't – I think we played okay. We didn't really – I mean, I, look back, I started looking back at some of the scores and we weren't very good offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, in those situations, but that was due part of uh, you know the, the good pitching on the New York side and a very experienced postseason team, and uh, they kind of wore our guys out. I think they kind of outmatched. You know, we had Freddie. We didn't have any guys <clears throat> to actually, you know, dominate. You know, with the strikeouts and stuff like a Roger Clemens, other than Freddie Garcia. Uh, so, you know, when you give an opportunity for a veteran team, the New York Yankees. To continuously put the bat on the baseball, uh, some good things are going to happen. So, you know, that was kind of like our little deal that we didn't really give ourselves the opportunity offensively uh, to create or do much damage. I think, you know, other than that, man, you know, it was a fairly decent series. I think that we played a better series the year before mm-hmm. against those guys. They just got the big hits, and we did. Yeah. You know, that was a, probably the biggest thing. Yeah, that we experienced in that series. Yeah, yeah but it, it it was disappointing. I mean, we thought we because we played against them well during the season, uh, very well against everyone during that season. I think particularly, but you know, obviously, not getting it done, man, was kind of like a little bit of a stain on the the 116 win season. And 
Um, you know, other than that, man, you know, you live and you learn and, you know, you just never know. Obviously, when those opportunity comes, you got to try to take advantage of them as best as possible and enjoy the ride, man. Yeah, you boy, you weren't kidding when you said you ran the gauntlet. I was just looking at the box score as you were talking. Pettit, Mussina, Clemens, Oof. Orlando Hernandez, and then the guy at the end of the game, Mariano Rivera. I, I it really was. It, yeah. I mean, you you had the misfortune of running into the 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 best one of the best teams of of our lifetime when they were really good, and that's uh, and that that's yeah. that's got to be hard. Hey, bringing it back to this year's team. How surprised are you at, that Julio Rodriguez uh-huh. has been able to have the year he's had, Mike? Uh, not really surprising, man. He's been dominant everywhere he's played at. Um, you know, I even kind of, you know, ran a notation to um, our then GM, uh, Jerry DePoto, when they were going through the little stretch last year with a chance to possibly get into postseason play. And uh, bring him up because he had dominated at A-ball. He dominated at double-A. And then he went to the Olympics and had a great Olympic um, showing over there. And then I said, you know what? I don't think there's no other challenge for him to go back to double-A when he comes from the Olympic trial. You might want to just bring him up for a month and let it, let him experience uh, this atmosphere that he's going to be in next year. And, uh, you know, I guess there was some rumblings about it, but I guess they wasn't really wanting to bring him in that, up in that situation. But, you know, I just, you know, Julio is Julio, man, like he – I think, he, I think he lives for these moments as we saw a little bit of it in inside of the um, All-Star game uh, in the home run derby. And uh, just and then getting the experience of starting his first big league season at age 21, man, and, and uh, kind of taking off, after, especially after that first month. Uh, it's just him. You know, we walked back to the hotel yesterday, and uh, I could tell that, uh, you know, like these guys are really ready for the experience. And, um and in his case, I think he's probably more ready than anybody to be able to take on this role right now. Mike, take me. I, I want you to, if you're in a Jays lineup and you're facing Castillo, take me through an at-bat. How would you game plan against a guy that can throw 99 with a slider and that Bugs Bunny Nintendo Switch changeup he's got? Take me through an at-bat. Man, i tell you what. The first thing, I, you know, in, this, in these cases, of this, this type of situation right now, we haven't having that type of fastball, I'm going to take my chances on trying to gauge in and lock in on a fastball and hope I don't miss it because after that, it's going to be a battle if you miss the fastball because he pitches from top to bottom of the strike zone and side to side uh, with that velocity, and he has a changeup to neutralize, you know, right-handed hitters when his slider isn't working. So it's just a matter of you trying to get a good pitch to put a, put a swing on, like, with, you know, within because you're going to throw strikes. And, and uh, so that's the biggest thing is trying to get like uh, he, he reminds me of a a, a small tad of uh, you know a pitcher of Pedro um, in his in his time in his prime because he had that type of velocity and he pitches from side to side he's he, and he's not like over the top he's like a three quarter guy yep. with that type of velocity and the ball moves in on you it could be a it could be a real uncomfortable at bat so you know you just try to make sure you get yourself. Um, in a, in a space where you can put a good swing on, on the pitches in the strike zone, but uh, it's going to be good, man. Um, a lot of these guys on the other side, Manoa, I've just been watching him, and I'm just like, man, it's a big – it seems like he's on top of you. He's already like 6'7", 6'8". I walked up on him yesterday, you know, just standing in the outfield, and I was like, good gracious. That, I mean, this guy's a, a monster out there. So, you know, equally the challenge is going to be um, uh, for the Mariners to be able to get to a guy – 
in Manoa, man, because and he's been very good down the stretch. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, at this time, you know, who's going to take advantage of the mistakes that these guys make? And obviously the two guys on the mound today don't make many mistakes, and, and that's what's going to make the game even challenging. And also possibly, um, you know, going down to late in the game to see, you know, who can punch the runs across the board. And our runs are going to be very, very important. Uh, in this series, it seems like. And, you know, rightfully so, the young offensive, offense of the Jays, you know, those, those guys have started, have started swinging the bats well down the stretch. So it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how this plays out, uh, especially in game one with not so much experience, not so much experience and the, the, uh, the madness going on over here in the Rogers Center today. You know, uh, yesterday at the ballpark, I asked uh, a bunch of people about – who in the Mariners are we not paying attention to? And Cal Rowley's name came up in the first five people I asked, broadcasters, the first five people said, Cal Rowley, got to pay attention to him. And then you look at his numbers this year and the offensive season he had for this team and how important he's been for this team and the big hits he's gotten. What can you tell us about Cal Rowley? Because he is a guy that I think, he's a guy that, that, Mike, might this might be his coming out party in some ways, you know? Oh, most definitely. You know, some guys have the ability to kind of be calm in the chaos, and he will be seen like one of those guys, uh, as it's been shown uh, over the course of this season and down the stretch, as he's gotten much comfortable um, being the guy, you know. And, uh, you know, like this is not, you know, I don't think this is like no mistake. You know, these guys have all been like first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been top prospects uh, throughout their whole, you know, their short career so far. And uh, to get a chance to experience this right now, um, you know, like he's a guy, you know, he's a switch hitter. And I think, he's, you know, he's, he's been a little bit banged up with his thumb or whatever. So it's kind of limited his, um, I think his, Left, uh, right-handed at bat. So uh, it's going to be a challenge, and, and uh, obviously he's going to be in there now. You know, now he's just, you know, just kind of like managing the pain tolerance or whatever it is. And but at the same time, you know, this this right here is going to be an adrenaline rush for everyone, and you're just going to try to hone as much of that adrenaline as you can to be able to make good choices, uh, good decisions. You know, when you're while you're playing this game right now, because it's gonna feel like it's sped up just because of the atmosphere and everything else, and you just gotta try to hone it as much as possible. So, you know, in Kyle's case, man, I just think that he is, uh, you know, he he is the one guy that can actually um, have the flair for the dramatic in a very calm fashion, because he's not like a big rah rah guy. He's very quiet, and um, and and to get that opportunity, you know, when you have those limited base runners. You know, with a guy like him, you know, they can have a little bang for his little bang in his bat is going to be very crucial for this series and the team uh, as we continue this series out and it, as it starts today. Mike, it was really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you down at the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel safely. And, uh, yeah, this has been great. Thank Th- you. Thanks a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, you're welcome, guys. No problem. Take care. Mike Cameron. Uh works in the player development department with the Seattle Mariners. This is a dude, one of 22 players in baseball history with 250 home runs and 250 stolen bases. Wow. He's a really good player, 
Or was. He's the only MLB player to hit two home runs in the same game with eight different teams. Like, That's it, awesome. You got to homers back Lake City. Yeah, I love it. It's it, it's interesting to hear how he would attack at bats against both starters. And the first thing out of his mouth was, "You got to force them in the strike zone." That you you asked me earlier what what to be looking for. I think if you're a fan, it's the team that can take the close one. And I mean the close one is a little in, a little off the plate, right? You don't chase that because you can't hit it hard. Mm-hmm. And especially guys that throw as hard as Castillo does, the way the ball moves, the invisible with Manoa. Whichever team is better at doing that and can, you know, at least give yourself a chance to maybe catch up to the bad one because they're not going to be perfect. They're going to miss location. They're human beings, right? Mm-hmm. The, sooner or later, they're going to throw a, a bad slider or they're going to throw a changeup that looks like a BP heater right down the middle. It's the one that was before that that you took to get that one, right? The at-bat that you can take the close ones to give them a chance to mess up and throw you one down the middle. So I'm going to add that to the mix, too. Do you believe there are players who Mike, – Mike Cameron talked about Cal, Cal Raleigh and – sense of the moment do you believe there are there are guys like that that it's just kind of natural springer sense of the moment springer i mean that's why they gave him 150 large Uh, look i think you have to have talent first i think you have to trust your talent uh i think you have to as as a hitter i think you have to be knowing before you walk to the plate that you can hit any velocity that that when you can do that you ooze confidence because if you can do that, that means even in 2022 that you could let the ball travel just a split second longer than Kevin Barker because he can't do that because he may have to think, change the plate, which is you look at the original plate and you have to put a plate in front of that because that's where you're trying to make contact because if you don't, you foul the ball off or you don't hit the ball as hard as you want to hit it. So, yeah, I think you have to have talent first and then you have to just buy into an approach that has worked for you, and you're not going to change it, even if it is the biggest moments, the lighter, the lights are the brightest. So, yeah, it's, you know, again, I, I just think the quality of the at-bats have to be way better this time of the year because the, the pitching you face is the elite pitching. And it's all a total package of power, location. They're not predictable. Like, they can do everything that a pitcher can do all rolled into one. So your at-bats have to get better, and you have to take the close ones to get the one down the middle. They're humans. They'll throw you one down the middle, but it's how you take the other ones to get the one down the middle. For me, that's going to be the the maybe the deciding factor of who wins the series is the team that can do that the most. Interesting hearing him walk us through an at-bat against Luis Castillo cool, for a right? right-handed hitter. Yeah, well, you figure you got – the difference is when you look at Manoa, Manoa's four-seamer could be normally 94-95, an occasional 96-97. Usually at the end. Usually at the end. Okay, that's his four-seamer. His two-seamer is 92-93. So there's a gap between the two-seamer and the four-seamer. With Castillo, the two-seamer is 98. The four-seamer is 99 to 100. There is no gap. Once you hit that numbers... That's no gap. Like, there is no easy takes from him. And if you're right-handed and he's throwing you the two-seamer that's 97, that plate awareness all of a sudden has to be almost perfect. And it just screams Vladdy. Vladdy loves to chase the ball early in counts in off the plate 
because he's cheating to hit something because something ain't working and it's not been working all season. So that, again, gets back to your best hitters. Your best players have to be much better at controlling plate awareness because of how good these guys are at movement, power, location, adding and subtracting. It's going to be fun. If you like young, athletic, just really good, tune into this series. You're going to get it. Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He is uh, one of our regulars. The baseball postseason is about 40 minutes away from starting in Cleveland. Thought. I just saw on the MLB network a picture of Randy Rosarina in cowboy boots, wearing cowboy boots yeah. with his uniform. 12 o'clock game, you won your 12 division. 12 o'clock game in Cleveland. Well, you won your division. I, I know. 12 that's 12 o'clock. That, that's, I'd be chapped. Well, I would be. Well, don't be too chapped because, you know, it could have been the Jays and the, the Mariners starting at 12 o'clock, well, which is 9 o'clock Pacific time. You, know, you, you be win chapped. your division, you should get advantages. Playing I, at 12 o'clock is not one of them. Okay? That's I played 12 o'clock. I know. It ain't one of them. And no. this time of the year, well, what's the temperature there? Well, I haven't looked it up, but I bet it's be not warmer. warm. It's going to be warmer than it would have been at 8 o'clock at night. 4 o'clock sounds better, doesn't it? Mm. Sleep in a little. Noon is 12 is it's an ungodly time to no question be going out there and facing fastballs. Shane McClanahan, <laughs> noon. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's great. The, Here we come. And Beaver with the movement yeah. hey, and thanks. the breaking balls and the good luck. Stay hot. That's, you know, normally you'd be having lunch. Here you are with Shane McClanahan's coming at you. Uh, that game is 1207. Uh, 1207. <laughs> it's 1207, 207, right? Is it 207? Well, you look up on the TV. Oh, it's right there. The Cardinals and Phillies at 207, our game at 407, and then the Padres and the Mets at 807 tonight. This is the great, hey, the World Series is the World Series. They, the championship series are great and all that, but it is remarkable how, t- how often the first day of the baseball playoffs just gives you energy. It gives you the storyline. All you want to do is watch baseball. Yeah, it gives you the storyline. And, uh, Jeff Passan, as I mentioned, of ESPN will join us in a few minutes. I don't even know where Passan is. Uh, where, which series is he covering, Boff? Do you know? Yeah, we can we can find out. I mean, I I, I would think he, you know, New York. I mean, you'd want to start in New York. I would think, think. if you have any pull, you'd want to start in New York. It's just me. You think he does? I don't know, man. He's we can mid- ask. He's a Midwest guy, though. He's a Midwest guy. St. Louis. He, he could be a saint. Actually, he could be in Cleveland. He's a Cleveland kid as well. Mm. Anyhow, Jeff Passan, ESPN's MLB Insider, will join us next. We will also do Barker's back leg bits. This is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Blue Jays from an analytical perspective. Jays Talk Plus with Blake Murphy. Be sure to subscribe and download Jays Talk on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. segment of Blair and Barker is brought to you by Bet365. Download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. Plus, play responsibly Ontario on our very, very, very good friend Jeff Passon will join us in a few seconds. 
so he gets you set for a full day of playoff baseball. Um, let's go to Barker's back leg bits while we're waiting for uh, Mr. Passon. This is the part of the show where you get to pick Kevin Barker's brains. There's more than one. <laughs> you can DM me at uh, SN Jeff Blair. Pick a person's brains, I guess. Uh, it, 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 because we're not talking about the, the brain. It's kind of a rhetorical thing. We're not talking about the actual brain. We're talking about brains. Uh, Brenda, a few days ago during an interview, Bo said Vladdy has not been 100% all year. It almost sounded like a slip that the info should be out there, but he said it should not mm-hmm. be out there. Could this possibly be the reason Vladdy is not the Vladdy we saw last year? Brenda, I've, I've gotten a bit of grief from person to the left of me because I've kind of wondered openly about whether or not uh, Vladdy has been the same guy since since he was hit on the hand. Mm-hmm. And Kevin has said to me, don't overthink it. The guy's playing every day. He's playing first base every day. It's not as if it, it's not as if they've been nursing. It doesn't appear as if they've been nursing anything. Um, I I don't know. I I didn't hear that interview. I, I'm wondering if maybe what Bo was just saying is Vladdy hasn't been, you know, the Vladdy that we expect. He's played a, all year long, but I, I don't. I like. I don't know what would play. 160 games. He's got 638 at bats. Yeah, it, it would he's be. He scored 90 runs. He's got 175 hits. He's got 306 total bases. He's got 35 doubles, 32 homers, 97 RBIs, 58 walks, 116 strikeouts. He hit 274 with an OPS of 819. I'm sorry. I'm not in that camp. You play 160 games, everybody has little things. I'm sure that's why they DH him occasionally. You know, after a night game, you can't he can't play a day game after a night game when he's 23. There's they're doing it for a reason. So I'm I'm sure that he has something could be risk, could be anything. But it's hard for me to say after playing 160 games and getting almost 640 at bats and and ha- hitting as many homers and driving in as many runs. I know he's had I guess an air quote down year. Those are big numbers. Yeah, I again just because Vladdy in some ways, Vladdy had the misfortune of having the year he had last year Man, because it was almost it's almost to, to put together back to back years like that at, at his age. I think is I've seen Vladdy hit a home run really far in the same game, hit two ground balls to the third baseman. What's the difference? Yeah, is it what he's swinging at or is he hurt? Uh, let's bring in Jeff Passan, MLB insider with ESPN. We'll bring him into this discussion. Hello, Mister Passan. Good morning, gentlemen. Are you all set for four? Are you nervous? Seems. Why Why would Passon be nervous? Well, I don't know. Got a lot to live up to. How many TV hits you got today, yeah. Passon? I'll get right to the point. How many TV hits do you have today? Because you're just, you I, live, you're living Bristol right now. You're in the studio right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea how much I will be on. T- I'm, I'm nervous potentially for Sunday. There's a chance I might have to host baseball tonight oh. on Sunday. And I've never... Oh. I have never hosted a TV show. In wow. my life, so. Oh, you'll be good. Oh, you'll yeah. be great. You'll be great. Oh, you'll be great. Uh, yeah, you know I baseball. Don't know about that. 
You'll be great. I know baseball. I don't know hosting, though. That's a whole oh, different scenario. Take, take it from me, man. Anybody can host a show. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. That's what I'm going to say. There's definitely going to be a Jeff out there than me who's worse. So there's that. Well, I'll tell you'll you what. You'll be great. Yeah, you'll be fine. You but will. you know that you know that all your boys are going to be watching you, and you know that we'll be texting you and, and emailing you during the show, and you know, look to the left, and emailing. you know, you got some. You know, we'll be well emailing or texting. Some of us still email. Um, what are you expecting from the Mariners and the uh, and the Jays today? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I sort of assigned to each of these series a, a a little i don't know just just tried to boil them down and the the raised guardians is like the baseball nerds dream series and the mets padres is the the most talented series and the phillies cardinals is just sort of the ah, okay series <laughs> um for for me the jays and mariners is the exciting one. It's it's exciting because Seattle is in the playoffs for the first time in two decades. And it's exciting because, for my money, there is no better place to watch a playoff baseball game than Toronto. I'm not I'm not just saying that, by the way, just to. Oh, you've said it a couple. Uh, you've said like, it for a couple of years. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this this is not just a. I'm trying to curry favor from the whose radio station I'm on right now. No, this is, I mean, Roger Center gets louder than anywhere. In the moments that we've seen in the past decade, uh, whether it's the bat flip, uh, bat flip, whether it's Encarnacion's walk-off, you know, they're like there are, uh, there are great things that have happened there. And I have a feeling this series will feature that same sort of energy. Um, the the Mariners are a hard out. Mm-hmm. They have really good starting pitching, and they just have a little je ne sais quoi thing to them where uh, I'm not going to suggest that they're a team of destiny by any means. I don't think such things exist, but um, the, you know they've had the sort of year where uh, a win in October would, would tend to back up everything they've been trying to realize. Where, whereas the Jays, they've they've been here, they've been on the precipice of this. Ninety-one wins last year without a playoff appearance is ridiculous. But um, you you just want to see what they've been trying to build come to fruition. And if you're a Jays fan, you're hopeful that this year takes them on that path because. They are, I've been saying this week too, they are the team below the the three seed, the best team below the three seed in terms of their ability, I think, to win a World Series. Okay, there's some good things with the Jays. Is there any bad things? Is there a worry? You know, other than the pitching that they're about to face, is there a worry for the Jays to not win this series? I mean, is it the pen? Or or is that an you know a July concern mm-hmm. more than now because we've seen uh, you know we've seen Bass and Pop come in and stabilize the pen. Tim Mays is clearly a good left-hander. Jordan Romano is aces at the back. Jimmy Garcia and Adam Simber have both had good seasons. I mean, I I want to say 
that's the concern. But when you talk about all those names, it's not all that bad. Um, I, I want to say is the, the number three starter a concern? Is Kevin Gosman's finger a concern? Sure. Um, but Kevin Gosman's been pitching well with his finger, and uh, especially I think if they go Ross Stripling, it's a guy who's really had a very good season. Uh, I'm not concerned about the bats. I think the bats are uh, about as solid as you get. Um, the, you know what the biggest concern is? What's that? It, it, it's randomness. It's that you run into a team that's on a heater. It's the the same thing. The, the way you win in the playoffs is luck, and it's a difficult thing in an analytical era to wrap your head around because luck, that's what's going to get us a championship? Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. Yeah, it is. Hate to say it, it's baseball. Best team doesn't always win. Best team doesn't even always get to the LCS. Best team may not get out of the wild card round. I mean, you can make an argument that the New York Mets are uh, the, the best team in the wild card round and positioned well for a deep run, even though they have the hardest road of everyone. And the, the San Diego Padres are starting you, Darvish, and Blake Snell. You could be out after two games. Yeah. Speaking of the Mets, there's kind of a correlation between the discussion we're hearing in New York and, and at least I think we're hearing in New York and the discussion we're hearing in Toronto, and that is what do you do with your second game of this series? And you know, One of the things that we've talked about is, okay, Manoa wins the first game, you go with Stripling in game two, keep Gosman for game three, or set yourself up where you can have Gosman pitch a couple of times in the, in the, uh, the DS. Similarly with the Mets, right? We're led to believe that Jacob DeGrom yeah. might be held back till the third game. How do you, how do you view those decisions? And, and putting yourself in John Schneider and Buck Showalter's shoes, how would you play that? Because I could go either way. I kind of like the idea yeah. of keeping my guy for game three, but yeah. I also see yeah. the flip side of the argument. Hey, if you win game one, drop the hammer. Let's get it over with. Um, as much as I understand the strategy and believe that it could be the right thing to do. Something just doesn't feel right about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're facing an elimination game, there is the possibility, and that again, this goes back to the unquantifiable. If you're facing an elimination game, I feel like there's a chance that you can get tight. It's, it's such a it's such a baseball thing to say. Why why someone? Oh, they're just tight right now. They just you know they don't that they're they're nervous. They feel pressure. Whatever it is, we we you know we can't say specifically how that affects someone. We don't have heart rate monitors on these guys. We don't know what's in their head when they're at the plate. But if you give up a couple of runs in the first inning, all of a sudden you start counting out. Like, that's where we are. You count out in the postseason. And, and let's just tease this thing out a little bit further. I, I have not done this in the American League, so I don't know how days off. But I believe the last five games, correct me if I'm wrong, the last five games of the ALCS do not have a day off in between, right? I'm going to check on that. Uh... Okay. As you check on that, I'll go over the National League. So if you were to do Jacob deGrom – and skip him in game two of the DS the way that the, or the wild card the Mets are thinking about. You would, in fact, have him potentially for one and five on full rest 
in the division series. But if you get to that fifth game, all of a sudden, fast forward to the NLCS, and you don't have him until game three, and then because there is no off day between five and six, you do not have him on full rest in the CS for the rest of the time. So uh, you're potentially looking at the series that's going to send you to the World Series with one of your best pitchers in only one of seven games if you get him for two of five in the division series. Yeah, I'm just looking at the J schedule. There is, in fact, an off day between game one and game two in Houston. So you go 11th. 13th then of course you got the travel day 15. okay no i'm talking i'm talking i'm talking alcs oh alcs yes ds it is definitely possible if you skip him right uh and you don't pitch gosman in two that you get him in one and five like right. that's a that's a for sure thing but um i yeah you know i do not believe that that is the case nope. uh in the cs yeah no, you're right. It isn't the case. It isn't the case in CS. Yeah. And it's... so, and so, are you? Are you? I mean, are you willing to have Kevin Gosman pitch only once on full rest in the seven game series? Do you have confidence that Kevin Gosman could come back on short rest if need be in that series? Um, I don't think the Mets have that short rest confidence in Degrom, but maybe the Jays do in Gosman. Jeff, me and Jeff have a 90-minute show after the game, and I want to ask you, or I want you to talk me off the cliff. So, if the Blue Jays lose. Okay, mm-hmm. if the Blue Jays lose and they're facing a bunch of right-handed pitchers, you know the the theme all season with the lineup has been they got a bunch of right-handed hitters. I want you to tell me if the Jays lose, I'm not allowed to come on the radio after the game and say, "Oh, you do know the reason why they lost is because they have the first six batters, I believe, are all right-handed." I can't say that mm-hmm. anymore, right? I mean. You- I don't know if it'd be right. Okay. Especially when Teoscar is hitting the way Teoscar is hitting and you have all the really, really good hitters. It's not about that anymore, is it? No, I don't think so. The Jays have a fearsome lineup regardless of what side the, the hitters hit from. Do you want to have the platoon advantage? Do you want to be able to mix and match and force Scott service to have to burn through guys, you know, uh, one inning at a time. Yeah, of course you prefer to have that. But um, I think if you offer me, Kevin, a lineup with balanced right-handed, left-handed hitters that has, say, on average a 105 OPS plus, and you have the Jays lineup that has all right-handed hitters that has, say, an average of like a 115, and that's just me guessing, but I think they're probably in that vicinity, maybe even higher. I'm taking the Jays lineup every single time. Give me the more productive players, not the platoon advantage. Perfect. We have spent a lot of time talking about Aaron Judge this year, uh, and and. You know, I, I went back last night and kind of did a little bit of a deeper dive into Albert Pujols' this season because I admit we've been focusing on the Yale. Jeff, Albert Pujols' this season is, it's not 62, 63 home runs, but my God, his second half is remarkable, isn't it? It's ridiculous. And the the fact that he was, what was he hitting in June? Was it like 158 maybe? Yeah. He had, I mean, he, had he was hitting 210 at the break, I believe. He was going to hang it yeah. up, I think. And he said, yeah, he said yeah. in an interview yesterday that he was thinking of hanging it up in June and saying just, you know, just going to walk away. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was. It, I'm sorry, it was one. Uh, I, I'm selling him short. It was one ninety six. That's okay. uh, that's what the nadir was at the end of June. And right. at the actual end of June, it was one ninety eight. In, in July, you know, July thir- July fourth, he was hitting one eighty nine. And in the time since then, like this is this is a ridiculous line. This is at prime Albert Pujols line uh, since the fourth of July. Uh, Albert Pujols has played in 66 games. He's hitting 324. He's getting on base 388. He's slugging 703, and he's got 20 home runs in 185 at bats. I mean, that is almost Judgian, actually. And uh, the fact that he's hitting second today in a playoff lineup, if you had told me, you know, three months ago, Albert Pujols is going to be hitting second in the Cardinals lineup, I would have laughed at you like what crazy world do you live in to think that's even a possibility and yet here we are and uh baseball is a magnificently weird game yeah yeah it's i I, just looking at those numbers and and um and and just thinking about the the possibility of albert pujols having another postseason moment uh i mean what a great way to what a great way to end your career it's and he is, he's a terrific postseason hitter. I mean, a lot of people, I think, it's almost like going to the, the Angels, you know, there's like a witness protection program. But when you, when you look at, <laughs> even last year, the dude managed three hits last year at 41. You know, it's, it, yeah. it, it's, he's, he's just, he's had, he's had an absolutely, uh, an absolutely remarkable year. Mr. Passon, we're going to let you scoot. Yeah. I appreciate you doing this. I know you got awesome. a busy day. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on, Can't wait uh, Sunday. on Sunday to night. watch you. Yeah, go get Sunday him. night. I'm gonna. Uh, ha- I will. I will. I will be. There's a. There's a chance. I, they're. They're searching far and wide and and combing the company roster. And I'm hoping that they can find an anchor. But if not, uh, I will uh, do my my best and hopefully not commit any FCC violations. Well, you know that th- that uh, this weekend is Thanksgiving in Canada, so I will be watching you while I eat my turkey, and you can. You well, can, let, let you me, can add let the line. Just, you can add the line if you want. the The line that's waiting let, to be let said. Me just, let me just say this. Um, I, you know, I, I'm still not sure where I'm going to be for the division series. I believe I'm starting off in either Atlanta or Houston. But I have requested of my editor uh, that I do the ALDS series because I want to see postseason baseball in either Toronto or Seattle. And uh, I think that whoever whoever wins this is going to run into uh, a buzzsaw, frankly, in Houston. But uh, that's not going to make the atmosphere any less electric. And so enjoy this weekend, guys. Uh, it's been a long time coming. And every moment of playoff baseball that you get is one worth treasuring. And I, I think Toronto is going to have a pretty good weekend. Nice. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, awesome. Mr. Pass. And hopefully we'll see you in a couple of uh, days or in a week or so. Yep. Take care, my friend. Be see well. You later. All right, boys. Take it easy. Take care. Jeff Passan, MLB insider with ESPN. That those are, I, I just let those Albert Pujols numbers kind of roll through. Yeah, I'm not surprised. For not surprised for me. He's the, he's the greatest right-handed hitter. Ever, that's me. Yeah, I, listen, I'm I yeah I I told you I'm kind of crossed over a little bit with Aaron, but of the most recent guys, yeah, 
and, and again, to put the numbers up against right hand, 42, given what the, the type of right-handed pitching you are facing right now, yep. to put the numbers up over in the second half of the season, he did against right-handed pitching. Yeah. It's remarkable. Uh, let's go back to Barker's back leg bits, he said, as he anxiously calls up his uh, the internet or his, his Twitter account here. Um, I did a little bit of research, actually, while Pastor Uh-oh. was talking. I, I know, I know. Had this question asked by Ryan in Sydney, Nova Scotia. Ryan, thank you for the kind words. You wanted to know about the roof at the Rogers Center, open or closed. So I reached out to Richard Griffin, the Jays PR department, because there's always been this thing once we get to the playoffs. Who controls the roof? So this is from the Jays. For this round, it's like a regular season. So high winds, temperature, and rain will factor into the decision. Next round and beyond, Major League Baseball gets involved to approve any final decision. So the so, three games, it's, a, it's the Jays. It's the Jays' call, and, and they'll treat it like they would normally. Mm, it's closed. Next round is when Major League Baseball gets involved in and gets to approve any final decision. So Slider might break a little bit more. I've often way. wondered I've often wondered why you just don't go to the pitcher. And say, like, I know they did with R.A. Dickey. How do you know they don't? I know they did with R.A. Dickey. It didn't work a lot of the time, but they did do that. I would do that. I would let I'd let my pitcher. Mm. Uh, How do you know they don't? Um. Oh, the, further to uh, yeah, the Vladdy comment. Uh, Brenda, who sent the uh, tweet, uh, says she. I I was talking about his hand. Apparently, that's what that's what. Vlad yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there's something to that. Yeah, it, maybe it that's be. why it looks like he's cheating sometimes to Sabs, catch up to something in. Sabs wants to know if Jays get by Seattle, how much are we at a disadvantage with not starting our best pitchers in the first couple against Houston? Uh, there's uh, a lot of disadvantages facing that team. Facing the Astros. Although I will say, again, I get back to this. The Jays had some success against Houston this year. And that was not they were not playing as well as they are right now. This is I think we need to this is a different this is a different Jays team than the team we saw earlier in the year. It just Yeah, is. there might be more pressure on these three games than those five games against the Astros. You're sort of playing with house money against that team, I think. So you might be a little looser, a little easier. Nobody's giving us a chance anyway to beat them. Let's well, just go is, out there and show them. This is the one. Yes, you're expected to win these three games. Bingo. That was. Yeah. Next series is the one where, hey, you know, we're. Boy, this is great. Well, let's just yeah, soak up the moment. This ain't about soaking up the moment right now. It this is about kicking Seattle's ass. Ah. I mean, it is. Ah, There's is. no moment soaking going on nope. here in this round of the playoffs. This is about winning. Has the movie started? Does it start today? <laughs> I think the movie started today. You think it is? I think the movie started today. I truly I do. can't wait to watch it. Um... The segment of Blair and Barker, by the way, was brought to you by Bet365. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games. You can build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So, looking forward to this. Yeah. 
So playoff who, baseball. Who's first, getting the big hit? That's the question. Playoff baseball in Toronto for the first time since 2016. Looks like Edwin might throw out the first pitch. Huh. Be a lot of fun. Better not bounce it. Don't forget, Kevin Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk all weekend. 90 minutes following the game. I don't want to spend 90 minutes alone with Barker, for God's sake, so call up after the game. That's it for us. Stop it. That is it for us. We'll be back with Flair and Barker on Monday. Enjoy the baseball. Call in after the game. Follow us on social media. If you're listening to the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Most importantly, have yourself a terrific weekend.